Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Hi, my name is Lee Bryant, but to establish my geek cred, you can call me Obi Lee Kenobi. I have been teaching for 28 years and have taught American history, explorations of math, that was an adventure, ESE English, law studies, American government, honors and regular level, economics, honors and regular level, and AP comparative government. And I'm old enough to remember unions when they had power, and I'm old enough to remember the concentrated effort to wipe them out by the pro-management, pro-owner, pro-profit part of our economy at the expense of the worker. I know that unions are the voice of the workers, and we can only be strong if the workers stand together. I love the PCTA because it is the collective voice of the educators and the students that we fight for. May the force be with us. Hey guys, real fast. So we had lost the first, I believe, 10 seconds or so of the podcast. So here I am. This is uh, Brennan Pickett. I am the FBA director and co-chair of FIRE. And with me, I also have, you can go ahead and talk, uh, Philip Belcastro, also uh, FIRE co-chair. So again, weird file thing, but we're going to start you right back off. Here we go. A first-year teacher you might be familiar with already, but we also have what they consider a veteran teacher along with us. And their names, go ahead. I am Dr. Anna Margiata. I'm a first-year teacher, recent grad, uh, chemical education. And? Shannon Vincent. I'm a 19-year teacher, and I teach reading and English. Uh, yes, I also I teach AP Chemistry and pre-AP Chemistry. Awesome. So yesterday was a pretty big day for us. Um, there is a PCTA union town hall, and there's also been some recent um, news coming out about possible legislative sessions with our governor, Ron DeSantis. Um, we're going to start by showing you a little news clip of what Ron DeSantis is proposing, and then we're going to go into the talking points. All right. This comes from WKMG in Orlando, Channel 6. One of the things we're going to be proposing and working with the legislature on is a series of what we're calling uh, teacher empowerment, almost like a teacher's uh, bill of rights. Here's what's included in the proposal. Pay increase that would bring the annual total to $1 billion that goes towards increasing teacher salaries. Establishing a new process for teachers to notify the state if their rights have been violated. Empowering teachers to maintain safe classroom environments. Protecting teachers who follow the law. And reforms to remove automatic deductions from school union dues. These protections will include that, now that if you're following the law, you are good to go. It doesn't matter if a school board or a superintendent uh, thinks otherwise. She's wanting to empower... All right. It's pretty loaded. So <laughs> I think I want to bring this roundtable discussion to our first talking point, which is 
What do you think is the most concerning item from Mr. Governor Ron DeSantis's empowering educators agenda? So how about you start us off, Philip? Um, the most thing that, I guess the thing that sticks out most to me is the fact that it says, so it says it right here. Actually, Brandon, where did you get this flyer from? There is a real flyer that anybody can go look at. Um, I believe I got that from the Facebook group, the PCTA Facebook group. Okay. So this yeah. probably exists originally on the governor's website because it's got his signature at the top of it. It says empowering educators. Right in the middle of it, there's a section that says paycheck protection. And the, the number one thing there, it says that it prohibits any union representing public employees as a bargaining agent from having its dues and assessments deducted or collected by the public employee's employer. So we are Pinellas County teach, uh, teachers. We're Pinellas County employees. Um, so the idea, the, the, the inference here is that this extends to all public employees. But from our understanding is that that's not the case because this does not include all public employees. It includes only teachers, no, no firefighters, no postal workers, no, no cops, no sanitation workers, no, you know, utility linemen or anything. It's only aimed at teachers. So, um, that, that is alarming. Very alarming. I mean, there's a reason why we're being targeted. <laughs> if we're being frank here, there is a reason why we're being Do targeted. Do go on. Yeah. Uh, we happen to back the wrong horse in a race, and now we're facing the repercussions of that. Um, it's kind of alarming that he's only targeting us, but also the language you were saying earlier, uh, it appears that it's kind of loose. And, and to me, it's a little scary because that can come after other public employees, not just teachers totally yeah i mean i mean it's not going to take much to just pass something else that is targeted specifically at cops or firefighters depending on who they aggravate in the future i guess so do we think that that was an accident the way that they worded this that they don't intend this to be applied to other unions i think like most of his bills that have gone through they're just kind of slapped together and then they get thrown through a legislative process and then we get something at the end that no one's happy with well this this is also not law yet this is this like is a, law, is it, no. this is technically a proposal so mm -hmm. it's it's the wheels are in motion this the snowball hasn't really formed yet right i think for me if i'm looking at this very closely this is my favorite part Governor DeSantis is proposing $1 billion to contribute to increase teachers' pay for 2023 and 2024 school year. This is an increase of $200 million from the prior year. So we did some maths, as they say in Great Britain, right? We did some maths, and um, during the town hall last night, they went a little bit more in depth as well. I believe this is going to increase our salary about 1,200 whole doll hairs. A year. A year. A year. <laughs> which is about $20 a week. Which I don't know about everybody else at this table, but that's not even one month's rent for me. That's almost get, a soda pop. <laughs> I could get two avocado toasts, maybe. You, that's exactly. You can get one <laughs> dozen eggs at this point. So, <laughs> so uh, Shannon Vincent. Hey. It's first time, first yes. time podcaster here with us. Big time supporter, super Thanks fan, for our first me. super fan. <laughs> <laughs> what is popping out at you with this guy? Okay, well, I mean, this is—it's smoke and mirrors. Uh, it is trying to entice people 
that this is a good thing. It's called Empower Educators. It's a teacher bill of rights. But <clears throat> hiding in there is really the dismantling of the teacher union. Um, and so this is just one thing that he passes, and he's promising this $1 billion. But after this year, he could say, you get nothing. And then if we have no more union, no more contract, then we just have to live with that world. It's That's the last raise ever. Right. The last <laughs> Pretty much. raise. That's what I was getting at as well, because what he wants to, and I'm looking for the language in here, but essentially said he wants to get rid of our right to collectively bargain. Yeah, definitely. And what we're doing here by agreeing with this bill, this plan, right, this agenda, is by saying, yes, we love to get $1,200 more um, and we'll never get a raise again. Thank you for good. Yeah. Could be the case. It will, it will be the case if this gets passed, yeah. in my opinion. That's um, a really cheap buyout of us. For $1,200? I think it speaks about how they've always felt about us, frankly. (laughs) Oh, they can just purchase a couple teachers with $1,200? It's great. It's great. I wonder how much other unions charge to be bought out. We should just go ask some police and some firefighters. Be like, how much would it cost for you guys to never get another raise? (laughs) Yeah, what would you settle at? Right. What is your your bottom dollar? We'll do like Pawn Stars. I just saw that Pawn Stars is going to start filming in Tampa Bay now. Yes. We should be like, we'll buy you out for $1,200. The best I can do is 25 cents. (laughs) (laughs) The the other part of this is they are saying that it's going to empower us, and one of the things that you brought up earlier is that there's going to be protection for us in the classroom, but I think that's aimed at one type of teacher, and it's certainly not teachers who join the union. Um, those people who are, uh, are frustrated with the lack of consequences for students who misbehave or possibly are fighting in the classroom. Um, so I think I would have to do some research, more research about you know frustrations that some teachers are having about that, but they're saying it would protect us to protect ourselves. Um, it's I it, don't know. It's common rhetoric. Know. If you've been going to the score meetings, it's very common rhetoric to see that. Um, the school board members are very much about that as well, which is they got to find a way to protect us from our students, and students need to have corporal punishment, and we need to be enforcing rules on our students. Uh, very uh, no zero tolerance policy coming through, and to them that might be the solution. But I think it's a little bit more nuanced about why there's a teacher shortage, and that's the only one they can kind of grasp onto because I think everyone can agree with that one talking point is that mm-hmm. we're being kind of overwhelmed but also because we have large class sizes (gasps) yeah so what shannon was referring to before we started recording i pointed out um on here under the teacher's bill of rights one of the things it says is protect teachers from litigation and professional practices sanctions when they take action to restore the safety or educational atmosphere of a classroom and as like trans queer non-binary me I think about like the whole culture war thing and for me to increase the safety in my classroom and my students safety some things that I would do would be to acknowledge their gender and use their pronouns and like teaching this African-American history and this like all of this uh you know CRT queer theory type of content so that these students know that like they're not alone in one way, but also like how the world works for people who are queer and people of color and that sort of thing. But that is absolutely not what they're referring to. Um, I was really confused, so I looked it up more, 
And on the FLGov.com, there's a, a little bit more information. It says that it's supposed to empower teachers to maintain safe classroom environments by creating a stand-your-ground classroom safety policy to protect teachers Jesus. who are Sounds often like judged unfairly. I was going to say, are we getting guns? Is yeah, like, they wanted that to happen. Is that how much a gun costs? Is it $1,200? Is that why we're getting He's it? He's getting us the bonus to get a gun, guys. <laughs> and this certainly <laughs> doesn't protect what the union protects us from, which is being able to teach our curriculum. I was reported last year for teaching my curriculum. Um, so that's this is not going to do that. We have a teacher today who just reached out to me who is being attacked by a parent because Quill, which is a district-approved software, has uh, told the student, it, first of all, the question was um, something around the lines of it was Tony about Morrison. Tony Morrison. It was about yeah. 20, funny enough, about Tony Morrison. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. And they did not capitalize black when talking about black authors. So Quill told them it was wrong. The parent then emailed this teacher and said, excuse me, why, why is it saying this? And also, is the content here really district approved? What are we doing? Oh, I didn't see that. So that. this this email chain keeps being formed more and more. And I eventually told this teacher, you need to back away from that and yeah. just give it to your administrators. That definitely feels very baity. It is. I feel the parent was trying to bait. This teacher is also an African-American themselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it is baity. Um, and what are they going to achieve from that besides banning Quill now? Are we just going to ban school? I'm, I'm down. Let's ban school, guys. <laughs> Let's ban school. I mean, just give me my gun and ban school. That's all I want. (laughs) Well, it's sort of like what you were saying just the other day, like just stick some cops in the classroom with Albert IO. Is that like what we're going to end up with? Just someone there to like guard the children or whatever and them on their computer. So Albert IO is, is one of these like online programs similar to Quill. We have a lot of them. The district kind of went ham during the pandemic and bought like a million programs. So we have like online versions of textbooks, we have Common Lit, which is like another literature repository. There's IXLs for math. There's, what is it, Lex- Lexia for reading. Lexia, There's, Apple Ruth for yeah. test prep. There's just so many of them. So Albert I.O. Uh, is one that I use in my classroom. The district has sort of like unofficially, officially mandated that we use it. And they all have like various levels of functionality or usability. Um, like they're, they're basically just data collection tools. Um, but it is kind of i mean the students are noticing they're saying well how come we're doing albert io every day how come everything's on common lit um and actually the student who was in here earlier was asking me for extra credit um their class there were students in there who said can we just write an essay about how much we hate albert io and i said well i don't know if that's necessary but you can i mean the there is a difference that a noticeable difference among students of online instruction versus direct instruction they they're a little they're getting a little burnt out on the constant online babysitting and there's whole classes even here at this school that is there is a teacher in the room to babysit computers and i think like everyone can understand that at this point with covid and zoom and getting burnt out on zoom like these kids don't want to come to school just to be on on a computer all day Mm -hmm. i had this conversation with one of our administrators today about um, teaching multiple choice. Because if you, for listeners, <laughs> I am an AP language and composition teacher, and part of my final exam is 45 multiple choice questions with very dense passages. They're not easy to read passages. Even I, the person who teaches the course, struggle with these, especially under a time limit. They get like an mm-hmm. hour to answer 45 questions. It's insane. When we actually do Albert I.O. in my class, I call it the game of 
can does Bel Castro get his questions wrong in his own class? Because they're like SAT style, right. and sometimes I disagree with the reasoning. I said, I this doesn't even make sense because there's a word in there that is is somewhat subjective. I'm like their own reasoning is like not even clear. Well, the thing we were talking about today though is um, I said to him like I I want to help these these students like know how to answer these questions correctly, but I'm not going to just teach multiple choice. You know right. what I mean? Like, what does that mean by the way? So it goes back to what you're saying about, you know, are we just going to have cops watching kids hit multiple choice and learn nothing? Cause that's where mm-hmm. I feel like that's where public schools are heading at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course the cops won't be in their union. So don't, you know, they're going to take away the union from those particular teacher cops. And then <laughs> the regular cops can have their union. And then the firefighters who, you know, put out the fires in the school when they're on fire from, you know, just pure ignorance, <laughs> they'll be in a union, but the, the, the teacher cops will not be in the union. Don't forget that. <laughs> I'm starting to think that that's the agenda. If you want to eliminate public education, make sure that there are all these programs, you don't need teachers anymore. Oh, um, starting you know, to we have a district who's telling the reading department, which I'm in, that we're not using the platforms enough. That's exactly the that's exactly the messaging we're getting about Albert I.O. I there's a a quarterly I don't even know how often this report is, but it's literally just are the children logged in? Yeah. That's that's what yeah. they're looking for. Um, in the AP the last AP meeting, like for a advanced placement chemistry, um, I got like a printed readout and like I use the online my AP classroom all the time but everyone got a printed readout showing how many online assignments they put on and how many videos they assigned for people to watch and they were just kind of like here you go we just wanted to give you this so mm-hmm. you can see how often you use this mm-hmm. um, and it's so like you know we're looking yeah. Right. yeah I actually had this conversation with a student sort of adjacent to what we're talking about now um, this particular student is very interested in like essentially data-driven decision-making, which I am too. When I worked at the city of St. Pete, when I've worked in nonprofits, I mean, I'm very well-versed and tell a story with it because otherwise it's just charts and bar graphs and just percentages and it's just meaningless. So like the emails that you just said where somebody gives you a thing and just says, here, look at this, look at all this data. We are educators. We are supposed to be in the classroom planning. We are supposed to be grading. We are supposed to be helping and facilitating and tutoring and mentoring and doing all that stuff. There is somebody else up in Largo whose job, whose job description, whose paycheck is to read data and to decipher it. That's not, I mean, we, that is part of what we do, but to just hand you piles and packets and pages of data and for you to analyze it, that is somebody else's full-time job. That is not our full-time job. So just to bring us back on the rails for a second, I mean, <laughs> it goes into my, my, one of my points, which is, I mean, it's not if this legislation, this, 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 this law passes, right? It's not if, it's when. You know, when will this pass? And it should be coming around in March. And I think if we're thinking of the repercussions of what this bill might achieve, right? It's going to achieve a lot of things, right? He's going to decertify unions that are under 60%. Um, those of us who are listening, PCTA is sitting around 53%. Um, it's going to eliminate due deduction, right? So our paychecks can no longer take dues. And that means we lose members, which means we go below 53%. And I make this very clear to everyone as well. There's almost no local in the state of Florida that is above 60%. There's about a dozen 60% or above locals in the state of Florida. So if they take away due deduction, they're going to drop below 60 If they pass this 60% law, they're going to lose their union as well. So you're thinking of what are the repercussions here? Well, we're going to have cop teachers. That's what they want. They want to destroy public public education to the point 
to where you just replace teachers, actual teaching, actual education. Direct with, instruction. And yeah. To just a guy with a gun, maybe, who's like, all right, sit on your Albert I.O., click the button, and we're going to call that learning, <laughs> I guess. Do we get, like, do we get like veteran teachers preference if we just want to go become cops so we can stay in the classroom hey that's, so that's how we get our gun well, we get our union more money yeah, that's yeah so thing. we get more yeah. money we get our our gun we get our union and we get our jobs back we just go all become cops i guess if i have to be a cop i would do it <laughs> i guess if i have to I keep hanging out with these kids i feel like the firefighters are they're more like i like them they're like burly dudes i want to be a firefighter i want to have an axe so, to wrap to to bring it all together, last night there was a PCTA town hall meeting. Um, we had special guests Andrew Spar and uh, from FEA, and we had some uh, I think AFT representatives as well. I don't think anyone from NEA was there, but and we also had Nancy Flarty, and then we had our PESPA president Nelly, so on and so forth. And I called it. When I invited everyone, I called it the doomsday meeting mm -hmm. because that's what it was. Doomsday meeting. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's all coming to an end. So I kind of want to go around real fast, round table, and just say what was the biggest takeaway for you when it came to the PCTA town hall meeting? Well, one like positive thing that I could say about it is it was uh, Andrew Spar and Nancy Velarde were like uh, modeling how to impassionately talk about all of this. Mm. I guess that was something that, oh, they, good, that, that I could tell that they care, that they want something to change, and they were talking to a group of people who all felt the same way, and we can see how to talk about these things with other people. Okay. Yeah, because that's what we need to do is talk to people who are non-union members about joining and why they should join. So, yeah, that was good. I, I guess my favorite part of it was where it just it was really eye-opening to see the North Carolina contract um, because they no longer have a union. And it was just like a page and a half long. We couldn't really see it, but... I mean, you could tell it was just a page and a half long. And our contract is pretty detailed now. But that's what we might become if we no longer have our union. And I love our contract. We have a great contract in this district. We do. Agreed. And it's been bargained over and over and over and over and fought for for decades. You know, this isn't just something that came out of nowhere. We're going to lose that with our union. We lose that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I asked you even like even as the meeting was starting. I got there late. I was uh, I was at the gym with Miss Brazil, getting huge so I could become a cop and or a <laughs> firefighter. I don't know if they let you be both, but um, that Andrew Spar, the FEA president, like took the time to actually talk to us because FEA. I mean, this is like this is like alphabet soup acronyms, right? PCTA is Pinellas Classroom Teachers Association. We are also part of the Florida Educators Association, which is also part of AFT, so that was FEA. AFT is America? Is that American Federation, American of, Federation Te of Teachers? Teachers. Yep. And also NEA. National Education Association. There you go. He's, he's got the alphabet down. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> fact that the FEA, which is bigger than PCTA, that they bothered to even chat with us was pretty cool. I, I did dig that. Um, there were some fun facts I learned about losing what would probably happen if we were to de get decertified. Um, one of it was that we have... We pay 80-20 for our insurance, so that would probably go away. 
Um, there's family plans that we've been fighting for for a long time here in the district that will probably be changed. We lose our union. Are you telling me some teachers can afford a family? That's some insane. teachers apparently have families. Whoa. I know. It's not that we can afford it. It just happened. <laughs> it just happened. I'm starting to pick out bed sheets for my car. <laughs> and then um, one big thing I liked about this meeting actually was that um, Lindsay Blankenbaker, who's our executive director, she is calling for people to message her, and if anyone's listening and interested, we are looking for member organizers, and we are willing to pay you. PCTA is willing to pay people to help organize members. I think that was a really big key takeaway for me as well. Um, what did we not like? I feel like every union meeting I have been to thus far, and again, I'm a first-year teacher, so this is like my third union thing, <laughs> uh, maybe fourth, but all of them have basically been, uh, you need to beg other people to do things. And that was sort of the main message, that we have to like beg other teachers to join, and then we have to beg uh, other people to ask Tallahassee to be nicer to us. It's a little disheartening. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel good to be there mm-hmm. and listen to that. Especially, like I do enjoy hearing them talk, but also we all agree with all of all the stuff that they're saying. Right. So there should be more action steps than just begging. I agree. Right. Action steps. And just a little bit about myself. I mean, I pride myself on getting people in the union all the time. In fact, this year I got a special paper plate award mm-hmm. for getting the most people. It's in the still district. hanging in the mail room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do talk to people, but I mean, for me to hear, Recruit 10 people into the I don't know who else to recruit into yeah. the union, guys. You I don't know what think I mean? we've said it, but our our school's union density is over 70%. So About 78. It's about 78% yep. our school. So there's I think there's less than 10 people at this school who are, who are even, who are non-union, right? right? So to tell us is kind of echo chambery because every we're all we're all here in the room in the union mm-hmm. and we're all here a lot of us because of mr pickett um but who else are we gonna ask <laughs> you know <laughs> and it, it's getting to it's like everyone in that room everyone in that zoom call i think wants the union to be better and it was a lot of just like us nodding our heads and saying uh-huh mm-hmm. uh-huh uh huh. And I'm pretty sure a lot of those people in that call, I'm sure they probably talk to people all the time about joining the union and why the union matters. I'm mm-hmm. sure they do. I, I, I believe it. Yeah. Um, I see names in, that, in these chats all the time. I recognize these names. I know who these people are. Mm-hmm. So to me, it is disheartening to be like, this is our solution. We just need to increase membership. And it's like, we know. You're right. <laughs> yeah, the specific solution that they offered was that we need to get 10 people to join. And if that was possible, it would have been done. Because what you have to do is eliminate the issues with joining or make them easier. And the reason why they're not easy is because you have families who really can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one, and I'm, you know, taking a cut. I have to do it but i mean for years and plus there's a lot of teachers who work at schools where there's fear mongering about being going to union meetings and we have a lot of that and this this new thing that desantis wants to do i think he is saying we cannot have any union activity Mm -hmm. whatsoever on school grounds so that's scary so how do we recruit when we can't talk to these people right and 
how can we prevent any of this agenda from making it even worse? I mean, is is there a real solution? I mean, we're we're dogging PCTA right now, but it's like, well, what is the real solution? You know? I have some. Let's hear it. What okay. do you have? I mean, you know, and this is, I think that's what we should be doing is have a, have a session where we brainstorm things that we really can do. Right. And I kind of was hoping that that's what we would see last night, that that's what w- was going to happen. But I just, um, I did a quick Google search of membership drives and it says, have a luncheon, make a member, bring a non-member mm. and, you know, do something like that. And I know that, you know, I always say, hey, let's do a membership drive and do a discount on the dues. And I know people kind of scoff at that, but I feel like we might lose it anyway. We might as well do something that mm. incentivizes joining. Make we, a keep deal. Saying, we keep saying it's so dire. It's so dire right now. Right. That's what they keep saying. So we might as well do something like that. Yeah, I think, I think this is the time to, to act uh, decisively, you know, I kept I kept making the joke during the Zoom call that this is like the Battle of Helm's Deep, right? From yeah. Lord of the Rings, we make this Lord of the Rings references. This is our, we do make lot of Lord of the Rings references, but like this is our last stand, right? And our solution is to find ten more elves to fight with us who are already inside the fort. And if those elves nice. who are already inside the fort find ten more elves inside the fort to fight with us, it doesn't really make any sense. I think I made the same Lord of Rings reference that Aragorn's like telling people to rally more people, <laughs> yeah. but they're already behind the wall waiting to be killed. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's just hordes of orcs outside, and yeah. he's like, what are we going to do? How do we get more people? There's nobody coming. There are no more people. <laughs> and I apologize if I have put everyone to sleep now with Lord of Rings references. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> a real tree beard. <laughs> no. I also think that we should have some, um, you know, some what's it, swag we should have stickers we should have t-shirts yeah. and we should be giving them away um i don't know and I, I have some slogans now because i did that search and i could not find mm-hmm. anything that was pro-union it was always against union <laughs> so um the lady who successfully banned the tony morrison book she gave me an idea ban fascism not books join the union okay that's good like having contract join the union i mean something short simple on a sticker and we need it. I hope my students are listening to this, but uh, Chat GPT is a great place to get <laughs> slogans as well. I'm not even. Ma- I actually looked up slogans for this podcast using Chat GPT. Excellent, and uh, it's fire. You can say, "Hey, give me top ten best slogans." It'll, it'll pump them out. That's pretty cool. And you pick your best. Wow. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to end it here. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and when we get back, we're going to do our based awards. Ooh. All right, we'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's Public Schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F-Y-R-E, pod, at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. 
you can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, Unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. And we're back. So we're going to go around and start the BASED Awards. And just for all of our listeners, what is BASED? Um, we're taking some Gen Z slang and we're turning it into a fun little podcast thing. So all it means is what is something exceptional or awful or something that's um, particularly um, stuck in your head from this week and the week before? We're going to talk about it. It could be politics, union, personal, anything. Anything that's stuck to your head, okay? Um, so for me, I'll, I'll start us off. Um, happy birthday to my um, beautiful wife, Emily. Um, we were in Paso Girl last weekend, and we went to this um, restaurant over in Tierra Verde. I'm not going to name the name of the restaurant, but a student, her, her father um, runs it. So I went there because I had a gift card, and we were going to go big and spend a bunch of money on wine and food and all that fun stuff. And I was pretty excited because I was looking at the menu, and I, I like Italian food a lot. And this, the, the family is an Italian family. Like, they came, they came from Italy. So we go there, and they're known for pizza. I'm getting a little too specific, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait a second. You name got was pizza? <laughs> pizza. Oh. Pizza, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we get there. And it's like 7 o'clock. I had a reservation. And I'm like, all right. And I'm looking around. I'm the only person in the restaurant. I'm like, oh, geez. So I take a seat. And they come up to me and they go, all right, um, here's the deal. We're actually out of pizza. Um, we're out of the cod. We're out of... <laughs> they're, they're out of like three or four things. And I was like, all right. Okay. So we ordered some apps. We got a bruschetta and we got like, I don't know, a pasta jewel and they come back like literally like a minute later and like, actually we don't have any tomatoes for your bruschetta. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'll take the burrata then. Right. And they come out the burrata, the pasta jewel. It's delicious. I'm going to say, I'm going to preface all this saying the food was all amazing. It was really good food. So I think that's probably why they were out of this stuff. I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. But I, you're out of tomatoes. Yeah. It's tomatoes, right. dude. Uh, Italian I've been to a burger Italian thing that was out of Whoppers too. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> So we finally order the entrees, and I get like, this broccoli rob dish, and it has like a pesto sauce on it. Lo and behold, they come back a minute later. Actually, we don't have the pesto sauce, so like <laughs> we can make it a different way. I'm like at this point, I'm like I don't care. Just bring me out some food, <laughs> Give man. Give me food, please. Give me food. I'll have a nice water. You're never gonna believe this, but <laughs> so my wife and I were joking about this because for those of you who don't know, I taught in Colombia for a year. 
the country. I have to make sure I say that the country of Colombia. <laughs> and there's a joke we have on the coast of Colombia because you go to these restaurants on the coast and they have these giant menus, these giant like pamphlet menus, kind of like going to a Denny's. Mm. And you get excited because you're like, oh, something different, right? You can all these choices. Oh my god, this is great. And you'd be like, okay, I'll take. Uh, the fish, and they'll come back at you like immediately, like, no, we don't have the fish. <laughs> I'll take the burger. No, we don't have the burger. Uh, what What do you have on the menu? And like, no, actually, all we have today is um, you can get a grilled piece of chicken, some rice, some beans, salad, a plantain, <laughs> and soup. I'm like, so you, the same thing that every restaurant in the country of Colombia serves you for lunch. Yes, we have the plato. <laughs> great, <laughs> great. I'll take the plato. <laughs> Wonderful. And that was our. So we were joking, basically made the connections that we felt like we were back in Colombia for a second. Maybe they spent so much money on those giant menus, they would have money for ingredients. No, no, <laughs> corruption. <laughs> so who's next? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I got the privilege of watching a YouTube video from the parent who banned the bluest eye um, and um, thought it was really interesting when she said that the teacher was wearing a T-shirt that said, ban fascism, not books, and then wondered, was that about me? <laughs> Not everything is about you, Everybody Karen. Everybody should watch that video. It was interesting. Yeah, you can find it easily. Probably just look up her name. We're not going to drop the name in this podcast, no. but you can look up and find her name easily. Um, my nomination for Based Award is to our dear friend Stephanie Rizel for um, <laughs> when she got to the meeting last night, uh, she turned her mic on, and all you could hear uh, is ah, Phil, come on over here. They, they want you to talk about a strike. Um, and it was like after Andrew Sparr had, had finished talking, it was during, um, I, can't, I don't know her last name, Carol, the second person who was talking. Yeah. I was in the middle of her thing. And so everyone's just like, ah, oh, please turn your mics off. Uh, no acknowledgement, moving on. No. In my so defense. that was very based, Rizzo. Very, very based. In my defense, I wasn't there because I was bowling, and that's why she wanted me to talk about a strike. So, ah. oh, that's what it was, right? Yeah. Talk yeah. about the strike you just got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, my base award. I guess this is kind of sound kind of stupid. It sound, makes it sound like I'm based, but um, this. So this week, I shaved my head. You my, are base. Yeah. <laughs> um, or this. This is leaning heavily towards cringe, but. Uh, my hair, you know, it was like two feet long. It was, it was pretty long and I just buzzed it. I had a friend of mine buzz the whole thing and I donated it to locks of love. Um, and then I came in on Monday, half the school thought I was a substitute teacher. Nobody recognized me, which I expected. But then a student did ask you if you are a substitute teacher, a student did come directly <laughs> up to my face and ask me if I was a substitute teacher. Um, but another student, uh, said, Oh my God, you look like grew. And then like a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, this is amazing. And then I pulled up a picture of Gru and realized that I own all of those clothes. And I said, I'm going to come in tomorrow dressed like Gru and I'm going to bring in a bunch of bananas. And if you guys wear yellow, we'll all just go around the school handing out bananas like Gru and Minions. Um, so I did that. I had a, a, a striped scarf, like a black outfit. And with my bald head, I, 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 tried, to, I tried to own looking like Gru. Um, and we did. We just handed out a bunch of bananas. And actually, a lot of the administrators also hadn't yet seen me because this was like a, this was Tuesday, right after I had first done it. 
So I'm going around the school <laughs> talking like Gru, asking everybody if they want bananas. And everybody's just doing double takes. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> so unfortunately, I was out on Tuesday, and I got to miss this event. You what is it. your best crew impersonation? Um, so I don't actually really know the Minions and, and uh, Despicable Me movies very well. Like, I've seen them, but I don't know if there's two or, like, a hundred. Like, they all just kind of run into each other for right, me. Right. So I was just walking around, talking like this, saying, would you like a banana? So, so you're... <laughs> Poor rat? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, if we go back to Lord of the Rings references, I'll break out Smeagol, but you guys haven't earned it yet. I'm so. sad I didn't get a banana. Yeah, well. <laughs> I didn't get one either. He okay. told me I was too far no, away. Yeah, you are out. too far I'm away. I'm right below you. Gru and Borat, we don't go anywhere. We only stay where we live. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> Well, um, I think that's it for today's show. Um, little reminder for everyone listening. There are school board meetings this month, month of February. Here we go. We have a lover's meeting on February 14th at 10 a.m. I think it's a great opportunity for you to take your lover on a date before your dinner or lunch. So, hey, let's go talk about book banning and then go get a delicious lunch at Denny's or mm -hmm. what else is in Largo. Um, and then we also have one. Bring a lunch. <laughs> Bring a lunch. <laughs> Picnic. Yeah. And then we have a school board meeting on the 28th at 5 p.m. And you can bet you'll see me, Philip Belcastro. Mm -hmm. Probably Anna. Yeah. Yes. And then we're going to. And gonna... basketball's over, so I'm going. <gasps> Even nice, Shannon Vincent. Yes, we have so, playoffs. There's the game plan for this month. We hope to see you there. We're rallying the Riders of Rohan, and we're going to be down <laughs> at the school board on the 14th and the 28th. Some special thanks before we go. Um, um, Dr. Anna Margiota for transcribing our episodes. Um, super fan Shannon Vincent for today's topic. Uh, Carla Correa, Jamie Beck, and, of course, our lovely president, Nancy Volardi. This is your host, Brennan Pickett. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out. Hey, everyone. We would like to remind our listeners about important school board meetings taking place on March 21st and April 11th at 10 a.m., as well as a 5 p.m. meeting on April 25th. Remember, it's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving the lives of students in our community. We want to give a special thank you to Philip Belcastro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to Radio St. Pete for airing our podcast, Jamie Beck, Brian Balton, Carla Correa, and Nancy Filardi, as well as all of our supporters in the education community. Your support and dedication has been instrumental to getting the word out and reaching new listeners. Well, that's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. You guys have a great day.